1 Kings chapter number uh, 8 this morning, 1 Kings chapter number 8, if you'll give me a little bit more monitor please sir, 1 Kings chapter number 8, let's stand this morning and uh, thank God for his word and uh, thank God he's got something to say to us, amen, 1 Kings chapter number 8 this morning, I, uh, the Lord showed me this a couple of nights ago, I was in bed reading before uh, we went to sleep, and uh, I was just 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 reading the the scripture, and uh, the Lord uh, the Lord put a, a thought uh, into my heart, and uh, I knew it was Him. Uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, you read the Bible, and all the time God's got something to say to you. Aren't you glad for that? I mean, this is your book. This is written to you. If you're reading, it's because God's saying something to you. But sometimes God will just extra special give you something, and you'll know it is just for you. And uh, the Lord did that in this text. I, I, want, I want you to look with me, uh, 1 Kings chapter number 8, and uh, look in verse number 22. Uh, verse 22 really will just give us context to what's going on. And then we'll skip down a few verses in the same chapter. Uh, 1 Kings 8 and verse 22. Uh, just so you know, background, the temple has been built. Uh, and dedication of the temple in Israel is being made. And Solomon, the new king, uh, David's son, is praying. Uh, verse 22. And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of of all the congregation of Israel, and spread forth his hands toward heaven. And he said, and I like what he said, I agree with what he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee. Well, I'm going to read that one again. That's a good place for church people, for saved people that know him. To, amen. Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee. Well, that was all right, but we'll let you slide on that one. Might not let you slide next time, but we'll let you slide on that one. In heaven above or on earth beneath, who keepest covenant and mercy with thy servant that walk before thee with all their heart. Solomon continues his prayer. And then verse 41, it stuck, it stuck out as, uh, not odd because we know God, not odd because we know God's mercy, but stuck out as strange in Solomon's prayer. Seems like it almost didn't fit. You wouldn't imagine verse 41 in this prayer. Verse 41, Moreover, concerning a stranger that is not of thy people Israel, but cometh out of a far country for thy name's sake. For they shall hear of thy great name and of thy strong hand and of thy stretched out arm when he shall come and pray toward this house. Hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for that all people of the earth may know thy name to fear thee as do thy people Israel and that they may know that this house which I have builded is called by thy name. That's all the reading we'll do this morning. You'll give me some more monitor. I'd be grateful. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning for the word of God. We ask you that you would touch the preaching of it. 
I pray, Lord, that you would, uh, Lord, that you would manifest yourself this morning, God. Give us a word from heaven, and uh, may we may we rejoice in it. I pray, God, we thank you and we bless you in Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Uh, when I when I read this text, and if you'll go home today, if you're interested. Uh, and read 1 Kings chapter number 8, you'll find all that is in Solomon's prayer. Solomon prays for, uh, in this temple dedication, Solomon prays uh, for uh, Israel. Uh, It seems as if Israel engulfs all, uh, and if I'm loud up here, don't let me bust anybody's eardrums. I just, I I want it louder up here, but y'all can do whatever you need to do out there. Uh, Solomon prays for uh, for Israel uh, in the entire context of this prayer. He's Israel's king. Uh, the temple is in Israel. Israel is God's people. And so the entirety, almost, of Solomon's prayer is made up uh, in praying for the nation of Israel. He says stuff like this, uh, Lord, we need your protection. Uh, he prays for days that if there's a day out in the future, that Israel goes to battle. He prays that God would spare Israel, that God would protect Israel, and that God would touch Israel's soldiers as they are in the battle. He prays things like this, Lord, I know your people, and if there, I know man. And he says uh, that, that, that there's no man that sinneth not. He said, so I know if ever there's a day that there is a man or a woman or a person of the nation of Israel are the people as a whole and they find themselves in sin and in captivity because of that sin. He said, if they'll pray to you, uh, I'm asking you right now that you'll hear them uh, and that you'll receive them and forgive them. And how many of you know God's still answering that prayer? Because if you call on him, he is faithful to forgive. And Solomon prays for Israel in that fashion. For the people of the nation of Israel that have built this temple as he dedicates it. He prays for all of these things in their land. But then in verse 41, it was interesting to me that he pauses in his prayer. And it was almost as if Solomon anticipated that there would be someone that did not belong to Israel. Someone that was an outsider to the people of God. Someone that was on the outs. They were a foreigner and not of this land. And in verse 41, Solomon says, Now, Lord, I want to pray for the stranger. I want to pray for that one that does not belong in this place. I want to pray that if ever there is a day that they come to you, that they call on you, that they... That they Uh, that they pray to you uh, that you'll also hear them uh, and that you'll receive them uh, and you'll answer their prayer. Solomon is praying for the stranger. That was interesting to me because we find when we consider them being a stranger that the stranger has a problem. In this text, it is the God that are under the protection of God. In this text, it is the people of God that are under the provision of God. In this text, it is the people of God that are under the presence of God. And what a good place to be this morning in the provision and the protection 
and the presence of God. And if you've known that this morning, you ought to rejoice that you have known the goodness of the Lord. You've known His salvation. You've known His hand. And you've seen His work. But if you're on the outside of that today, what a terrible place to be to know that there is a God, but you don't know Him. To know that there is a Savior, but it's not yours. To know that there is provision, protection, and the presence of God, and yet you have never known that provision, that protection, and that presence. This, this is who Solomon's praying for, the stranger. I've got news for you this morning. The stranger represents me and you before we got saved. I, I don't know this morning, but I'm pretty sure there's no one from the nation of Israel at Crossroads Baptist Church. And if they came, we'd be glad that they were here. But I don't think we have any Israelites in here this morning. I don't think we have anyone uh, that feel as the chosen people. And of course, they've got to be saved as well. Uh, but that, 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 that is not us. Uh, the opposite of Israel was Gentiles that did not belong. That is the stranger that Solomon's praying for. He said, I know this temple is for Israel. I know this temple was erected by Israel. I know this temple belongs to God uh, and it is the place where Israel will come and meet with God. But he said, I know out there somewhere in a foreign land, in a place uh, 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 that no one knows about, there's got to be someone that wants in the goodness of God. There's got to be someone that hears of his name and they want to know more about him. And Solomon said, if they come, I pray God that you would hear them uh, as well as your people. The stranger uh, is really hopeless in our text in many ways. They have a problem. Uh, first of all, I would say by way of introduction this morning that the stranger has a problem because they are not of this people. This people is not like the stranger and the stranger is not like God's people. I still believe this morning, of course I understand that we're the church, we're not Israel, I don't believe in replacement theology, I don't believe that God replaced Israel with the church, I believe that God uh, has Israel and has a purpose for Israel and he's going to fulfill that purpose and I believe God has a church that he purchased with the blood of his own son and God has a purpose for that church and one of these days we're the church and Israel that get saved and become a part of the church are going to uh, live in eternity with Christ. I believe this morning though that this nation of Israel represents the people of God that, that, that know him, that know his voice and in this text really would represent you and I that belong to the church that are in the family of God. And yet the stranger does not enjoy that privilege. The stranger does not enjoy the privilege that Israel has enjoyed for all of this time. They are not of that people. Not only that, but they're not of that place. The Bible said about the stranger is that they come from a far country and they are not within the bounds.
They're not within the realm of Jerusalem. They're not within the walls of the safety that Israel offers under the presence of God. They're not within the place to come into the presence of God in the ark of the temple. In every way, they're on the outside. In every way, they don't fit in. In every way, they are rejected and they are outsiders. And I want you to know that there was a day that you didn't belong in the church. You say, preacher, I think everybody ought to be welcome. Everybody ought to be welcome. But it'll take the blood of Jesus to make you fit in the house of God and there was a day that I did not belong there was a day that I was an outsider there was a day that I wanted in but I was on the outside but thank God there was hope for a stranger if you're here this morning and you're lost you're a stranger if you're here this morning and you're lost you're on the outside if you're here this morning you may be in this building but you're not in this body but Jesus came to give you hope that you could get in where you never belonged by the grace of Christ this stranger is hopeless he don't belong he's a Gentile and probably is a pagan he's probably got a shrine to some God that he worships or she's probably got a shrine to some God that she kneels to, a statue, a, a stone a sculpture, and in her heart, in her mind, in his mind knows uh, that there's nothing to this stone sculpture, this statue that I'm worshiping, uh, and have made a God out of something because they are pagans. And growing up in a land like many of the lands of that day where there was no uh, uh, significance to human life, but where human life was uh, was mistreated and and it seemed like there was no reason to live. I, I got a phone call uh, last week from a young man that used to go to our church. He said, "Preacher, my 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 girlfriend, uh, uh, her son took his own life." And he said, "I, I want you to uh, uh, pray." I said, "I sure will." I'm sorry to hear that. He said, "We're having something in Scraven County." He said, "We're having a." Uh, uh, just a little meeting by the river and, 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 and want, want to bring in some uh, just, just some recognition for what's going on. He said, do you think you could come down next Saturday and, and just be there as a preacher and maybe say a word? I said, you want me to preach? You want me to talk? What do you want me He said, whatever you want to do. Uh, and, and, and I said, I sure will. You know why this morning? Uh, because we've got young people growing up in a world uh, that is pagan, is Gentile, is on the outside, uh, and they are growing Growing up, realizing and thinking in their mind that there is no purpose to my life. Can I pause right here in the middle of this preaching this morning and say that you're fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. And God has a purpose for your life if you let Him have His way in your life. Hallelujah. Thank God for the day he took a stranger on the outside that did not belong, that had no purpose, that was living in a world of paganism and Gentiles and he put me in a place that I did not belong in because of mercy and grace. The stranger is hopeless. And yet I can't help but think that Solomon remembered back to stories in his childhood of people that were on the outside because Solomon had enjoyed being uh, of Israel. He had enjoyed being the son of David the king. But no doubt he had heard of his great-great-grandmother Ruth. 
and he had heard that Ruth did not belong in the family of God but God in mercy brought Ruth from the outside a stranger mind you uh, and put her right smack dab in the middle of the bloodline of David the king uh, of Solomon his successor and of Jesus Christ who would one day come God took a stranger from the outside and put them in the family of God no doubt David or Solomon thought as he's praying in the middle of his prayer for Israel. Now Lord, if there's another Ruth out there, if there's a roof that don't belong, I pray God that you would give them a space. I pray God that you would give them a place. I pray God that you would give them hope in a hopeless world that they could be saved. Maybe he thought about his great, great, great grandmother, Rahab. You remember reading about Rahab the harlot? Rahab uh, was the mother of Boaz who married Ruth who brought uh, uh, Obed and Jesse and David into this world uh, and maybe he thought I remember the day the story was told about my great 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 grandmother Rahab and she was a pagan, she was a Gentile, she lived in Jericho, she was a harlot by the biblical and yet there come a day uh, that it walked into her life, grace walked into her life, and a stranger once again got into what they did not belong into. If you've got the mindset this morning that God owes you something and you've got a right to be here, you're wrong. If you've got a mindset this morning because of who you are, that one of these days God's going to open the pearly gates of heaven and say, come on in because of who you are. You've got another thing coming. But I want to say, thank God, I got in not because of who I am, but because of who He is. He saved me because of who He is. I am what I am by the grace of God. So we have a stranger with a problem. And this stranger represents me and you. Only out before you got saved, on the outside, did not belong. And Jesus made it possible for you to get in. I want to say to you this morning that there is hope for the stranger. There is hope for the stranger. And if you're here this morning and you're saved, you ought to rejoice that there is. And if you're here this morning and you're lost, you ought to get in on the hope that God is offering you uh, that we find right here in this text. I'm going to give you four things quickly this morning that I find that this hopeless stranger, without an ounce of hope in this world seemingly, is going to live their life, die, and go to hell, never knowing God. And yet God brought hope into their life in this text. Number one, this stranger may seem hopeless, may seem like there is no hope at all. But one thing I find about this stranger is that the stranger, whoever they are, number one, the stranger has a prayer. The stranger has a prayer. Uh, you say, preacher, what, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is this is a prayer by a man for someone else that he does not know and yet he is praying for them. Solomon is praying for this stranger and probably this stranger, whoever they are, and there's going to be several of them, and me and you are some of them, had no idea that Solomon was ever praying for him. They had no idea that there was a man. They had no idea that there was a moment when a king knelt before an altar, lifted both hands to heaven, and said, God, I've come to you 
on behalf of Israel. And I want to pray. And somewhere in that prayer, this stranger uh, is prayed for by this king. And somewhere in that prayer, this king says, Now, Lord, there's somebody out there like Rahab. There's somebody out there like Ruth, and they don't belong. And I may never meet them. I may never know them. But if there's ever a day that they hear of who you are, I want you to save them. I want you to work in their life. And what you have here is someone unnamed, the stranger, and someone named Solomon uh, is praying for that one that he does not know. He is praying for that one that he's never met. He is praying for that one that he may never meet. And yet there is a prayer going to God uh, on behalf of a stranger. You say, well, what in the world is the significance of that? Well, I could not spend the time this morning tracing back our history but I want you to know something uh, uh, that the church is a long line of folks going back to Christ that have been preaching and praying and praying for sinners uh, and, and there's been churches in our towns and people in our towns and Christians in our towns uh, that have prayed uh, and you are and I am a product uh, of somebody's prayer. So well, I don't feel like I got any hope. Well, you got a prayer. Last night, all across this world, I know we're in bad days. I know we're in dark days. I know this morning that the church, uh, that the or that the world is in turmoil. But I want you to know something else. God's still on the throne. And he still has a church. And all across this world, there are people who really believe in God and who really pray to God. And last night, there were people, uh, no doubt all across this world, Christians, uh, that knowing that today was Sunday morning, before they went to bed, said, God, I want to ask you one more time to do it one more time. I want to pray that at the little church I go to, that somebody will show up for the first time that does not know you, that someone uh, will come to know you uh, that's on the outside. You better believe somebody somewhere was praying last night. Somewhere across this nation, preachers got up this morning and they knelt before God and said, God, I've preached for 20 years or 10 years or 5 years or this is my first sermon, but I want to ask you to touch me one more time like you've always done. Lay your hand on me once more because it just might be that sitting in that congregation is a sinner that needs to know you and I'm praying you'd get them. I'm praying you would save this little stranger. Maybe he's a young man, maybe he's a young lady somewhere out there in a far country and has no idea while they're going through the workings of their life that down at the house of God, <laughs> boy, it's helping me, down at the church house, there's a man who knows God and he's saying, God, there's folks in this town and these folks across town and these people in the next county and they're going to go to hell if they don't meet you and I don't know who they are but one more time I want to ask you would you save them? Would you save them? Would you save them? It might be this morning that you walked in these doors one day and you say I just showed up one day but what you don't know is that you were an answer to a prayer that somebody was praying when they did not know who you were.
Solomon has a, or this stranger has a prayer. Someone is praying for the stranger. They may never know him. They may never know Solomon. They may never meet him. But he's praying. How many? How many Christians this morning? We, we, we have our care team. And uh, one thing I've emphasized in their, in their workings around here is that, yes, we want to open doors. Yes, we want to shake hands. Yes, we want to talk to people. Yes, we want people to know that we care about them. But one of the great emphasis that I've emphasized in, 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 in there and try to and will continue to is that before they ever get here, I want you to pray all week long that they'll come. We, we're, we're asking God for people that we don't know to show up so that God can do for them what he did for us. And some weeks he answers that prayer and some weeks he don't. At least not here. There's usually not hardly a week that goes by that at least someone don't show up for the first time and God's blessed us with people for the first time and the second time and they come and they stay and we thank God for that and not all do. But it's not every service that someone shows up for the first time. But when they do, I, I, I understand the working. I don't understand the workings of God, but I understand that much of that is the workings of God and working in people's hearts. But I cannot help but accredit that to the thought that somewhere somebody was praying Somewhere someone was praying for someone that they did not know to know Christ. A stranger has a prayer. Now I'll move on past this, but I want to stop right here and say, aren't you glad that when you were on the outside, that there were some folks that may not have even knew who you were, but was praying for the day you would show up. But I see not only does Solomon have a prayer, Solomon has, I mean not Solomon, the stranger, not only does the stranger have a prayer in our text, but the stranger has a preacher in our text. I, I want you to look in verse number 41 this morning. Moreover, concerning a stranger that is not of thy people Israel, but cometh out of a far country for thy name's sake. Now, the stranger has heard something about the name of the Lord, and yet they have heard that in a far country. And he says in verse 41, or 42, For they shall hear of thy great name, and of thy strong hand, and of thy stretched out arm, when he shall come and pray toward this house. Now Solomon is praying for the stranger, the stranger without hope, and yet we find he has some hope because he has a prayer. And then we find that he has hope because not only does he have a prayer, but he has a preacher. You say, where do you see this? Well, we find the stranger in the far country. We find the stranger away from God. We find the stranger without any hope, and he's somewhere in the far country. But here's what the Bible said, that he comes uh, to the temple because he has heard of the name of the Lord. Now, where did he hear of the name of the Lord? I'm reminded, I thought this morning as I wrote down some notes of Romans chapter number 10. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that wonderful? How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe 
in whom they have not heard. Watch this. And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they hear without a preacher? Solomon says, Lord, I'm praying for this stranger in this far country because I know, I know that somewhere in the far country somebody's going to show up that knows you and they're going to tell somebody that don't know you about you and when they hear about you, they're going to want to know you. Are y'all getting this this morning? The stranger has a preacher. Solomon has anticipated that one day word would spread to a far country. Somewhere out there where you were living. Somewhere out there where you were going through life without the voice of God. Somewhere out there where you were going through life without the presence of the Lord. A preacher was going to show up. And it might not have been in the sense of a God-called preacher like like, like a pastor like me, but it might have been in the sense of a family might have moved into your family. And they might have, I, I, think, about, I think about the day a preacher showed up in Ruth's life. There Ruth was living her life in paganism, practicing human sacrifice was the religion of the land of Moab that she lived in. Uh, and, and, and there Ruth was uh, living in that. But one day on her street, one day in her world, a family that knew God showed up, moved into her town. Uh, and, and though they were running, though they were out of the will of God, yet they knew God. Uh, and they showed up knowing that there was a better place than this. And no doubt somewhere they said to Ruth, I, I, I know we, we ought to be in Bethlehem, Judah, and I know we're not, and I know we're in Moab, and I know we sound like hypocrites, but I want you to know something, that there's a great big old God over there that's not like these gods you serve. There's a great big old place over there that you can serve God. There is a world that is better than this world, and there is a God that is better than these gods. And that day a preacher walked into Ruth's life. I thought about the two spies that showed up at Rahab's house, looking to, for a place to hide. That day, mercy and grace walked into Rahab's heart and walked into Rahab's life. And there, that day, preacher walked into Rahab's life that changed her world. In a far country, a missionary showed up. In a far country, a witness showed up. In a far country, a preacher showed up. Oh, God, help us this morning to be that kind of preacher that'll show up in a far country and tell someone that don't know him about him. That place you work probably might as well be a far country. Boy, I hope a preacher shows up there one day. That school that some of you go to, and I know many of you go to our Christian school, but there's some of you that don't. That school might be a far country. I sure hope one day a preacher shows up in that far country. This stranger had a preacher that showed up. I thought about this. He showed up in the far country. I thought about the the, the story in Luke 15 that the Lord gives of, the, of the, the father with the two sons. And the Bible does not, we, we, we place that in our minds, we place that story uh, as happening 
in Luke 15 time frame or the, 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 the time frame of Christ's life as he's giving that story. But we have no idea how old the story is. It could have been dated back to 1 Kings. It could have been dated back to this time of Solomon's prayer. And, and the Lord tells the story about a young rebellious son who leaves all that he has and, and goes to a far country and, and, and loses all he has in a far country. And we find him and he is in a hog pen. We find him and he is slopping pigs uh, where he don't belong in a hog pen. And, and, and we find the Bible says this, that when he came to himself, there in that hog pen, this boy who had everything and left it all, comes to himself and says, it ain't like this at my father's house. At my father's house, it's so much better. And, and I don't know, but maybe he had a conversation with the pig farmer before he left. And he said, where are you going? He said, well, I want you to know, I, I know I'm a hypocrite too, but I come from a place that's better than this. I come from a world that's so much greater than this. I have a father that's so much better. And I'd rather be a servant of my father than to have everything that this far country has offered. And maybe, just maybe, that hog farmer living in a far country heard about a land, heard about a man, heard about a name, heard that there is a Savior that will save folks from the far country. Aren't you glad for the day that a preacher walked into your far country and told you about a Savior? Hallelujah. This stranger has a preacher missionary, Christian, preacher would pass by with good news for the far country. I'll never forget the story I heard years ago. I'll illustrate this and move quickly. I heard a story years ago when we started going to Albania. And I was not on this trip where the story was told, so I may get the details wrong, but I'll get the gist of the story right. Under the time of communism in Albania, uh, some soldiers came to a man's home who, whom they deemed to be a rebel of communism, and uh, they, they arrested him, locked him up, separated him from his wife and his children. They threw him in prison. And uh, to live in a prison, I, I'd say it's probably not good in America, but to live in prison in, in Albania is a whole other story promise you there in prison locked up he sat a Gentile a pagan an atheist from the far country did not know God did not know there was a God and he sat in his prison cell because he was a rebel against communism the way the story went is that one day a letter came in the mail to him and it was from the U.S or England, some English-speaking country, whatever country it was, and it came and it said, would you like to learn English again? He said, I had nothing to do, and so I decided, well, I've got nothing better to do, let me learn English. And so sitting there in the jail, he learned English. And he, and he would correspond as these letters came and he would send in tests and he would, and he would read and he would compare the words with the words and he was learning English. And, and all the while what he did not realize is that they were using the Bible 
to teach him English and that this was a missionary that was sending the word of God into the jail uh, to teach these prisoners English but not only were they learning English but they were learning the word of God and he said one day sitting in my jail cell he said I heard uh, the, uh, he said I, I knew uh, uh, he said it was like the word of God came alive in my heart and I knew for the first time that there was a God and I was a sinner and I needed him and he said there I got saved in that jail there in that far country a pagan a stranger someone you would think would never know Christ would live their whole life and die and go to hell but a preacher walked into their life a preacher the word of God was manifest in his life he said I got saved he said a little while later God called me to preach he said, and sitting in there, God saved me. God called me to preach. And he said, one day the door, they come to the door and knocked on the door. And they said, we're coming to get you out of here. Said, you're done. He said, well, what, what, what are they letting me go for? He said, we don't have room for you. Uh, we need your spot for someone else so you can go home. And he said, God sent me there just to save me. Oh, thank God this morning. I am so glad for good news that comes to a far country. I don't know where you were when you heard it, but I tell you who you were, you were a stranger, you were a foreigner, you were on the outside. You said, preacher, I was sure was hopeless, but oh, aren't you glad you had a prayer? Aren't you glad you had a preacher? Hallelujah. Let, let, me, let me move, I'm trying to hurry. This stranger had a prayer. A stranger had a preacher. Something that stuck out of the scripture to me that I don't normally maybe see, but I believe the Lord showed it to me. Verse number 42. Notice, let's read verse 41. Moreover, concerning a stranger that is not of thy people Israel, but cometh out of a far country for thy name's sake. I want you to notice the punctuation there that cometh there. We're about to continue the sentence on. But then notice verse 42, how it starts. You notice that parentheses? Do you see that, the parentheses, verse 42? For they shall hear of thy great name, and of thy strong hand, and of thy stretched out arm. Parentheses. And he goes on into his sentence. Now, if you go home today, you can read verse 41. Take the parentheses out. And, and read to the end of verse 41. I'll read it for you right now. Moreover, concerning a stranger that is not of thy people Israel, but cometh out of a far country for thy name's sake. Now, we're going to skip for a moment the parentheses. When he shall come and pray toward this house. You see how that sentence flowed without that parentheses? That parentheses could have never been there. I'm glad the Holy Ghost put it in your Bible my Bible, but it could have never been there and it would not have changed the thought of the message would not have changed the subject of the message uh, it was Solomon praying for the stranger, but he interrupts his sentence, in the middle of his prayer, in the middle of his sentence and you find there a parenthesis and I'm not, I'm not the greatest in, in, in grammatical uh, areas but this one thing I know uh, is that a parenthesis is placed in a sentence it is a pause or an interruption to clarify or to explain or to illustrate what we've been talking about and what we're fixing to talk about. It is a pause in the sentence to say something about the sentence before we go on. You see that? You understand that? Uh, the stranger had a prayer. The stranger had a preacher. 
But in 1 Kings number 8, I find that the stranger had a permit to see him. A pause in the statement. An interruption in the sentence to explain, to clarify, to illustrate the original sentence. In verse 42, Solomon pauses his sentence and clarifies why he believes they will hear. He says in verse 41, Moreover concerning a stranger that is not of thy people Israel, but cometh out of a far country for thy name's sake. Why are they coming out of a far country? Why are they here? Well, in parentheses, uh, he clarifies that. He said, because here's what they're going to hear. And I know they will, he said. They're going to hear of thy great name. They're going to hear of thy strong hand. And they're going to hear of thy stretched out arm. And then he goes on and continues his prayer. Here's what the Lord showed me right in the middle of this prayer. This, this stranger has a prayer. This stranger has a preacher, but this stranger has a parenthesis. Solomon said, I'll tell you what it is that's going to make them want to come. I'll tell you what it is that's going to draw them. And he uses these words in this parenthesis to describe none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I'll tell you, they'll hear your name and they'll come. They'll see your strong hand and they'll come. They'll know of your outstretched arm and they'll, they'll come to meet you. I'll tell you what it was uh, that this stranger had the Lord Jesus interrupted the sentence the Lord Jesus showed up in the middle of the text he's got a great name there's not a name like his name he's a wonderful savior he's got outstretched arms and thank God he's got a mighty hand to save he is the parentheses of the prayer But let's look quickly at his name. Philippians 2 verse 9. Wherefore God also hath exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's look at his strong hand. Isaiah 59 1. Behold the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Simon Peter in Matthew 14 was drowning and he said, Lord, save me. And the Bible said immediately the Lord stretched out his hand and saved him. John chapter number 20, Thomas said about the risen Savior, unless I see his hands and the nail prints in his side, I'll not believe that it's him. And in the next verse, the Lord shows up and he said, he said to Thomas, he said, I want you to look at my hands. And Thomas said, oh, those are strong hands. Those are the hands of a risen Savior. His stretched out arms there on the cross of Calvary as he stretched out his arms, uh, is this not in 1 Kings 8 a type, a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ? Uh, thank God this morning. I want you to hear me and I'm nearly done. Solomon prays uh, and this stranger has a prayer. Uh, there's somebody praying for the stranger. Uh, Solomon prays and this stranger has a preacher. There's somebody going to show up with the word of God. But Solomon prays and this stranger has a parenthesis. And right in the middle of your life, I promise you if you want him, uh, the Lord will show, show up with a mighty name, uh, stretched out arms and a strong hand to save you. Stranger. place in the sentence of your life where Jesus shows up.
Lastly, I won't even preach it. Stranger has a promise. Chapter 8, verse 43. Hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for. He said if there's every day a stranger because of this prayer, because of a preacher, because of this parentheses where we've taken time to describe Christ. If this stranger ever shows up here to pray, Lord, I'm asking you to hear him. Chapter number 9, verse 1, it came to pass when Solomon had finished the building of the house of the Lord and the king's house and all Solomon's desire which he was pleased to do, that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time as he had appeared unto him at Gibeon. The Lord said unto him, I have heard thy prayer, thy supplication that thou hast made before me. I have hallowed this house which thou hast built to put my name there forever, and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. Solomon said, would you hear him, stranger? And God said, I will. I'll answer your prayer. And this stranger has a promise that if they'll call on him, he'll answer. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now I'll close with this as it comes to the piano. You may be here this morning and it feels like life is falling apart. There's no help, there's no hope, there's no way out, there's no end in sight. But I want to tell you something, you've got to pray. I know that because I know what I've prayed. And I know what others have prayed with me. You pray. There's somebody has prayed for you. Whether they ever knew your name or not, they've prayed for you. Not only do you have a prayer, you have a preacher. This morning, the Word of God walked into your life. You have a preacher. Not only do you have a preacher, but you have parentheses. Jesus, right in the middle of the sentence of your life, will show up. That's what he's doing this morning. And not only do you have that, but you have a promise. If you'll call on him, he'll save you. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want you to stand this morning. How, how, many, how many saved folks would like to come gather around the altar this morning? And thank God that when they were a hopeless stranger, that there was hope for a stranger. How many, how many folks that know him, that know you didn't belong, you didn't fit in, this wasn't where you should have been, uh, but God put you in. You pray this morning, sing. You can pray right where you are in your seat. You can pray right here. But pray if you will. You sing this morning.